to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from our epistle for tonight, which is actually the entirety of the book of Philemon. But I read to you especially verses 15 and 16. For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while. You might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. This is God's word. The book of Philemon, and I did, those of you who were here on Sunday, reference it briefly in Sunday's sermon when we also read this epistle, is a letter from St. Paul to, you guessed it, a man named Philemon. Well, who is Philemon? Well, Philemon, from what we can tell, was a member of the early church. Um, We don't quite know where he was a member of the church. Um, We know that he was probably quite rich because we read about how Philemon had given generously to the church and how both Paul and the other saints in the church had been so encouraged, found joy, and been comforted by Philemon's love to support the work of the church. We also know he was a man of some means because he had a slave. That slave, we learn from Paul's letter, was named Onesimus. And What we can glean from the text has happened is that Onesimus, who was a slave, a servant of Philemon, had likely robbed his master and run away and then encountered St. Paul in prison. And there, of course, St. Paul, who was to preach the gospel first to Jews and then to Gentiles. There's no barrier to whom Paul would preach the gospel. Paul shared Jesus Christ with Onesimus. And Onesimus found his way into the church. And like Paul, was counted among the redeemed. Counted among those who are covered in the righteousness that is the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. What do you do when you're guilty of a crime but your life has been changed forever? That was Onesimus's dilemma. He was guilty of robbing his master. And I think here we have to kind of explain what was going on with slavery in St. Paul's day. Indeed, in the Bible, there was harsh inhumane slavery according to race. I think when we as 21st century Americans think of slavery, we immediately think, of course, of the 19th century and earlier of African-American slaves here in the United States. And perhaps the closest parallel to that would be when Israel themselves, the Hebrew people, were slaves in Egypt regarded as a lower class of citizen, not afforded basic human rights, but treated as a possession. No doubt some of that still existed in Paul's day as well, 
But one could be a slave for many different reasons by the time of the New Testament. And in Paul's day, it was almost never the case that one was a slave just by virtue of race, as we might think of it. Someone may have been a foreigner, or someone had been conquered in a battle by the Romans, and then one of the people that had been captured was taken into a home as a slave. Often slaves were those who had a debt, and because they could not repay it with money, they would enter into a form of servitude to work off their debt. Some slaves had well-paying jobs and made good money being slaves. In fact, we even know that some slaves had slaves themselves, which seems kind of ludicrous. Nonetheless, Onesimus owed honor to his master. And certainly scripture does command such things. It was not such a case where Philemon did not regard him as sub he didn't regard him as subhuman or something like that. Onesimus was in the wrong for stealing from his master who was tasked with caring for him and being fair to him. We're not accustomed to speaking of slavery in such a way, and yet Paul repeatedly throughout his epistles starts his letters by calling himself a slave. He doesn't do it in the book of Philemon. He begins his letter by saying, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus. Because indeed, Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. But often Paul will start with the phrase, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. And it's the same word that is often translated slave. Paul sees himself as being under Christ. Christ is his master. Don't think slave master as you're accustomed to thinking of it. Think of Paul as one who recognizes that his every bit of life, all of his service, everything he does should be in service of Christ. So Philemon, even though he's in the privileged position of having those who work under him, is still a slave himself. A slave to Christ. Maybe we would better call it a servant. In either case, Paul, Onesimus, Philemon, and you and I alike are to look to Christ as our master. Indeed, that is what it means to call him Lord. A Lord is one who has authority over, rule over a people. And so it is with Jesus. We are servants, slaves, if you will, in his kingdom. And yet Jesus, of course, though he is our master and Lord, chooses to deal with us graciously. We who are but slaves in the kingdom of God 
are also the ones who call God our Father. And that gave Paul and Onesimus and Philemon a new way of looking at each other. In fact, Paul calls Philemon in appealing to him to receive Onesimus back. Paul calls Philemon his brother. And then he urges Philemon to receive back Onesimus and not receive him back as a slave, but also as a brother. To ensure that this happens, Paul is even willing to pay Onesimus' debt himself. To ensure that that will not stand between Philemon and his former slave. But that they would see themselves together as part of the family of God. And so it is that though you and I regard ourselves as slaves, servants, if you will, in God's kingdom... Our Lord Jesus Christ has paid a price for each of us that he might call us brothers and sisters, members of the family. We're going to be doing a lot of this during our services here at Our Redeemer the next few weeks, particularly on Sundays, reflecting on what it means to be family. And the example of Philemon, who is appealed to by Paul, and I love how Paul says, you know, I could just command you to do this, but I'm going to appeal to you instead, that this is the right thing to do. To look at this person who had once wronged you and see him as your brother, your family. And indeed, that's how we ought to look at one another. We talked on Sunday, and I won't get into Sunday's text because I did that on Sunday. We're focusing on Philemon tonight. We talked about how God's family is the family above all families. And I say this as someone who obviously has an earthly family myself. I love, I cherish my family, my wife, my children, uh, my mom and stepdad, my brothers, my nieces and nephews, uh, the family, all the family I have, I, I, I love and care for them all and adore them and cherish them. But they are not the most important family I have. The most important family I have is the one where God is the Father. And all of us who are his children are brothers and sisters. Think of that. My wife, before she is my wife, is actually my sister in Christ. My son, before he is my son, is actually my brother in Christ. And my daughters, my sisters in Christ. Same thing for, for my mother. Before she's my mother, she's my sister in Christ. And so it goes for each of you. You are my brothers and sisters. You are brothers and sisters to each other. And God would see that family grow. 
Indeed, Jesus has died for all, even for a runaway thief and slave like Onesimus. Even for a guy like Philemon, who probably had every legal right to try and get what was his. We are brothers and sisters, children of the same father. Indeed, in a world surrounded by many who God would have be our brothers and sisters as well. It's made possible because the same blood that Jesus shed for you and me, he has shed for all. So that slaves, servants, might know one another and know Jesus himself as family. God give you grace and wisdom to see yourself as more than a slave. To see Jesus as your brother, God as your father, and to see everyone around you as your family. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.